Greetings. Welcome back to HM Live. I trust you have had a blessed week. Of course, this is our general conference week at the United Pentecostal Church, and uh, that's always a week of tremendously hard work, and it's also a very exciting week. I have to confess that as we're kind of moving this direction for all the last couple of months, that uh, for a period of time there's this trepidation about what we're about to get into, and then as we start getting closer, I feel more and more positive and enthused and enthralled with what the end result is going to be. Our objective this week is that we would see men, just common, normal, average men and women, who God would somehow infuse into them the sense of possibility that He can use them. Uh, please pray for our evangelist for the Saturday evening service, Mark Johnston. If you're unable to be at General Conference, uh, that is available online for you to, to look at. And we have thousands viewing. Uh, we're doing something a little different this year. We're, we're going to be having our offering limited to 25 minutes. Now that's been received very positively. Um, we want it to be received very positively in the sense of people giving. Uh, too, if we're gonna if we're gonna stay with this, and and we'd like to, because our general conference service is a great opportunity to present the very best of what the United Pentecostal Church is all about to our world, and and uh, the best of what we're about is is our worship, our singing, our preaching, and uh, so on. Of course, general conference this week, Friday afternoon, there is a there is a service being led by our deaf leadership team. Deaf choir will be. Uh, leading in worship and singing and uh, praising God. So if, if you're in Tampa this week, I encourage you to attend that. If you're a home missionary, we're going to be having very special home missionary service. It's also Friday afternoon at 2.30. And uh, Tim Gaddy, who pastors in uh, the Little Rock, Arkansas area, and J.T. Pugh are both going to be speaking specifically to our home missionaries. If you're interested in that, there's information about where those will be available uh, online and we'd love to have you at, um, at both of those meetings. Well, this is the week that I devote to leadership training and, and we're not going to defer from that even though it's General Conference Week. I want to talk to you about priorities and priorities as being a really vital key to leadership. One of the things that we all have to grasp is that nobody can do everything and nobody can be good at everything. Practical people know how to get done what they want to get done. Philosophers know what they ought to want, but leaders know how to get what they ought to want. And there's a difference. Some people are practical, some are philosophers, and some are leaders. Where do you fit in? Hopefully we can all be or become those people who know how to get what they ought to want. And that's a growth process. It's something that happens uh, across the span of time. In the, uh, in the 19th century, an Italian economist, his last name was Pareto, uh, did some research on how to get things accomplished and, and what causes things to happen. Pareto's research led him 
to the idea of what has been called the 80-20 the, the principle. And the 80-20 rule is basically that 20% of our time produces 80% of our results. That if we're in sales, 20% of the products that we're selling bring us 80% of our revenue. That if we're reading, 20% of the book has 80% of the content. That in our speaking, 20% of the presentation actually produces 80% of the impact. That in regard to donations, and I, I really examined this as a as a pastor, 20% of the people will give 80% of the money, or that was my experience. In leadership, 20% of the leaders will make 80% of the key and vital decisions. And just as a point of humor and interest, research says that at a picnic, 20% of the people there will eat 80% of the food. So the 80-20 rule actually works on a whole lot of, of things. Now, what does any of that have to do with the work of God? I, I, think it, I think it really tails into the fact that when you examine the Scripture, Jesus talked repeatedly about, I must, I must, I must, I must go to Jerusalem. I, and, and there were each of those musts that he expresses is a communication of priority. It says there's some other things that I could do, but here's what I must do. I must be about my father's business. If we were to use that concept, the Pareto principle, and Jesus' concept of must, I think it would uh, dramatically increase our effectiveness. As, as a Christian leader, what if we determined which 20% of the people in our congregation are the key producers? And, and key producers is not a very good word to use regarding the work of the church, but uh, who are the people who make the greatest impact for the kingdom? Who is it that, that bring people to church? Who, who are our soul winners? Who are the ones who have the capability to add to the church and then see the church multiply, that top 20%. If we could determine who that group of people were, and then we spent 80% of our time, I'm talking about our people time, if we spent 80% of our time with those people and then ask them, okay, now, I want you to take what you've learned from me. I want you to take what you're uh, gaining, and I want you to pour it into the rest of this family, into the rest of this church body. Uh, would we perhaps not be more effective? Now, I understand that, that all of us have started a week with a to-do list. Here's my priorities. Here's what I'm going to accomplish. And it doesn't take but one phone call. It doesn't take but one protracted counseling session or one call regarding a death connected with the church for all of your careful planning to go right out the window. So what we're talking about is a very incomplete science in regard to the church. But we're talking about the places and times when you have a choice. 
when you can make the decisions about how you're going to invest yourself and how you're going to invest your time. That's the difference between effectiveness and simply surviving. Again, it's imperfect, but in the places where we have choice, and most of the time we do have choice, where we have the choice, we make a decision as to what our priorities are going to be. If you're a leader, if you're a Christian leader, you have to develop the capabilities of juggling a number of different priorities at one time. A life in which anything goes will ultimately have it to, to a place where nothing goes. You, you, you can get yourself so wrapped up. You've got to determine what your priorities are. You've got to determine what your focus is. I, I read several years ago that there were really four different quadrants that we could uh, strategically put our actions and our behaviors into. Uh, and, and they use the words importance and urgency. Uh, sometimes we respond to the tyranny of the urgent. It's got to be done. But in reality, it's not very important. Well, the quadrants, the, the, the first quadrant is something that has high importance and it has high urgency. And then the second quadrant has high importance but low urgency. The third quadrant is low importance, but it's high urgency. And then you get down to those things that are low importance and low urgency. You say, again, what does any of that have to do with Christian leadership? Well, as a pastor, there were things that were important to me that were also urgent. I see the biblical job description of a pastor being that of a shepherd. He is to feed the sheep, he is to lead the sheep, he is to seek the wandering, and he is to personally heal and help heal the hurting. Those four things are the priority for a pastor. Those were my priorities as a pastor. I wanted to feed, I wanted to lead, to seek, and to heal. For somebody who was involved in Sunday school ministry, the things that are of high importance and high urgency to them may be of marked difference. The person who is involved in youth ministry, obviously. And, and one of the things that was very important to me is that what you were engaged in, if you are the youth worker in your church and you are the go-to person, you need to know more about young people than anybody else in the building, including the pastor. Now, it doesn't mean you go beyond what he is willing for the youth ministry to do or to accomplish or to work toward, but you need to constantly be reading. It is your priority. Youth ministry is your priority. As a leader, you must choose or you will lose. Leaders are initiators. They're the ones who make the decisions. Followers simply react. If you're a leader, you pick up the phone and make the call. If you're a follower, you sit and you wait on the phone to ring. If you're a leader, you spend time planning, while if you're a follower, you simply spend time living day to day. 
If you're a leader, you anticipate problems. If you're a follower, you react to problems. If you are a leader, you invest your time with people. If you're a follower, you simply spend time with people. If you're a leader, you fill the calendar by your priorities, while if you're a follower, you fill the calendar by the requests that come your way. On the basis of those five statements or five observations, which one are you? Which one are you headed toward becoming? Determine the priorities. Decide, here's what I want to be. Here's what I want to leave behind. Here's what I want to accomplish. And become the priority-oriented, focused leader you can be for God. Now, one of the things that we need to grasp is the power of involving other people. What is it that is required of me? Now, that is a rhetorical question. It's a question that you have to ask of yourself. In reality, there are very few things that I am the only living human being who can do them. As a matter of fact, you get to thinking about it in that context, and it becomes a remarkably smaller subset of things. The only human being who could get it done. But in the role of your ministry, in the role of your service to the church, what is it that you're the key person to get done? What is it that within that group nobody else could do? As a pastor, um, I, I don't think that anybody else could do the vision casting for the church. I think that the pastor is, is the teacher. Um, I enjoyed personally, and I'm talking about my own experience here, uh, I enjoyed preaching evangelistically, preaching to the lost, and then just simply being an example to the church of consistency in evangelism and in, in spiritual things. What is your role? What are the things that, that you have to do? What are the things that you have to uh, kind of tighten up the belt, so to speak? And, and to use the biblical terminology, you have to gird up the loins of your mind and you have to say, this is my response. I don't have anybody else I can pass this off to. I, I've got to get this done. There's nobody to delegate this to. When you determine those things, that becomes your priority. That becomes what you focus your time, your effort, your attention on. What is it that gives you the greatest return? Effort that you expend and money you expend should be evaluated on the basis of the return expected. In, in the business world, we don't invest money without expecting a return on the investment. Are you doing what's best that you can expect there being an eternal return on? What is it that gives you your return? Again, uh, from my own experiences and, and my own personal life, um, I, I saw the greatest growth in people as, as a result of, of pastoral teaching. I, I, I saw things accomplished 
through the process of evangelistic preaching and taking the lead in difficult situations and being focused and balanced and, and uh, making sure I, I, I kept myself um, in, in that place of, of being balanced in, in front of folks as a leader, that, that was important. And, and so those things became, again, the priority. They became the focus. There's a third question that fits in here, and it's, what is it that's most rewarding? What is it that we enjoy? I enjoy what I'm doing today and spending some time just sharing with you some leadership principles. Our best work takes place when we enjoy it. What about your role for the work of God that you most thoroughly enjoy? Do you enjoy preaching? Then Invest yourself in preparing to preach, and, and, and if you enjoy uh, developing others who are coming up behind you, then invest yourself into, into the process of preparing to train leaders and, uh, and get involved with people development. Success in your work, success in your work for God will be increased if the requirements, the reward, and the return are similar. Find a way to bring these things together. Now, let me give you just as we kind of bring it in for landing today, some priority principles. First is this. Your priorities never stay put. That's what I'm talking about. As a church grows, as a ministry grows, your, your to-do list changes and the things that you would need to focus on change as well. Now, there are some things you never get away from. Your spiritual life, your time with God, your time with your family, uh, all of those things are going to, to remain as priorities. But, but in, in the changing scenery of life, priorities will not stay put. The second thing is this, you can't overestimate the unimportance of virtually everything. Now, you say, well, that's sure a strange statement to make. Much of life is a tempest in a teapot that, that a year from now simply will not matter at all. If it won't matter a year from now, why is it so important to us today. Again, priorities. You, you can't overestimate. Some things are just insignificant. The third principle I want to share with you is this, that the good is the enemy of the best. Average destroys the ability to accomplish the best God has for you. Don't just try to do many things good? What is it that God wants you to really make an impact through? Focus your attention. Make that your priority and let nothing else get in the way of it. The fourth is this, you can't have it all. Every syllable in a word cannot be accented. Every expression cannot be shouted. Every sentiment across the pulpit cannot be screened. 
To do any of those things is to lose one's ability to really convey what is of ultimate importance. You can't have it all. You decide. You make a decision. You cannot be everything. You, you can't be the wonderful singer, the wonderful musician, the wonderful public speaker, the great... I mean, you just can't do everything. Decide what is it that God has given me the gracious abilities to accomplish and then be satisfied to be that. The fifth thing is that too many priorities demand too much of us. And when you have too many priorities, big problems arise because those priorities get into conflict with each other. I find myself struggling with that particular challenge in, in this role of life because there are many priorities. But as time goes by, they begin to settle out, hopefully and thankfully. And, and we begin to uh, decide, okay, here's what's really important. And then the, the, the last one is this, that time deadlines and emergencies force us to prioritize. Too often we learn far too late what it is that is really important. Go back to the statement I made earlier and now pose it as a question. What you're doing today, will it make a difference a year from now? There's some of you who you are intended of God to, to use your experience to write books, Bible study material, resources, that would be a great asset to others, but you're unfocused and you've not made it a priority and you're not sure that anybody really would want to hear what you've got to say, but we need it. I'm asking you to get your priorities where they need to be. There are others who you are in a spot where that uh, you're maintaining a work but you need to be evangelizing a community. Make evangelism your priority. I, I heard an old Baptist preacher say one time that he decided he was having trouble focusing on his evangelistic effort and he decided that he would not have any more minutes to preach on Sunday than the number of houses he had personally visited during the previous week. If he had visited 20 homes, he had 20 minutes to preach. Some of us love our preaching to the point that we're not effectively evangelizing our community. What's the priority right now? If you preach very eloquent sermon and there's nobody there to hear it, you accomplished the kingdom priority, had the right illustrations, the right expression, the right oratory skills, I, I'm, I'm not sure that that's where the priorities need to be. Maybe your, your time on Saturday would be better spent out working on a little uh, route to pick up some kids in your car to come to church uh, than having the right illustration. Just get those people there and preach the gospel of Christ to them. The priorities, what are the priorities for what you're doing right now? Leadership is about deciding your priorities and then let nothing dissuade you and move you beyond them. Again, I want you to have a focus for your life. You can make a difference. You are making a difference. I want you to multiply that. 
It's General Conference Week. Please be in prayer. Even today, while you're watching this, we are in uh, general board sessions and um, be having other meetings tomorrow with the board of directors of the Home Missions Division. And of course, business decisions and, and decisions regarding uh, the future of the United Pentecostal Church are being made this week. And uh, so we need a good prayer covering. I'm glad I'm in this thing. I'm glad I'm in the United Pentecostal Church. It's been good to me, and I've been blessed by it. Look forward to seeing many of you home missionaries at uh, our service Friday afternoon. And then, of course, our, our, our service Saturday night is going to be uniquely blessed. If you live in the Tampa area, we'll be having a great crusade Sunday night. Bring people who need the Holy Ghost. Uh, my predecessor in this role, Jack Cunningham, who is a tremendous crusade preacher, will be preaching that service. And we'll, we'll have hundreds receive the Holy Ghost that night. And uh, I, I just believe it's going to be uh, a, a wonderful general conference. Gang, I remind you that the greatest things happening in North America are happening in home missions.